Thank you for joining us for Community Night, the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife first. First you get joined, and then you become one flesh. There is an order to the way things are done, because sex is not just, I just I'm just showing you that I love you, and it did it without consequences. It's, we are made for that unbroken trust. And even if we've never experienced it, our design still is made that way. In today's message, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will remind you that there is a natural order to sexual relations. Before you are intimate with someone, there should be a joining in marriage. It's important to not put the cart before the horse in this situation. This kind of sexual sin, when left unchecked, can be the doom of a relationship. Now let's join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth for Community Night on Main Thing Radio, as they continue their message, Sexual Ethics. Homosexuality over to bestiality? It's just like the next progression, biblically. Listen, this is from BBC News, April 22nd, 2015. So six years ago. Denmark has become one of the last European countries to ban bestiality. Activists claimed the strange law was difficult to prove and was making Denmark a hotspot for animal sex tourists. Hungary, Finland, and Romania are now the only European Union countries where bestiality or zoophilia is legal. Farming minister Dan Jurgensen introduced the bill in October, arguing the previous laws didn't offer animals enough protection. It was animal rights, not morality, that finally closed these animal brothels in Denmark. Now, this shows us just how quickly the boundaries start slipping outside the bounds of God's design. Once we've removed one ancient marker, one ancient boundary, one ancient guardrail, if you will, well, why should the other stay in place? So again, we need to clarify. Biblical sexual ethics, we're talking about sexual interaction between human male and female. But if gender doesn't matter, why should species matter? And, and why should age matter? This is from Egypt today, about three years ago, 2018. It says 11% of girls aged 15 to 19 are married. 11% of the girls in that age group, 15 to 19 year olds in Egypt, were married. Now, that's a news article. I'd be willing to bet if you dug a little deeper in some parts of the world, that's just a scratch on the surface. Now, to most of us, the idea of child brides, it's a repulsive 
idea, and it's something far, far away, but this one's closer to home. The North American Man-Boy Love Association. When this was formed in 1978, I remember it making the headlines. I wasn't a Christian. In 1978, I didn't know the Lord. I was not living a pure life. But this, it rattled the country. The North American Man-Boy Love Association, NAMBLA, is a pedophilia and pederasty advocacy organization in the United States. It works to abolish, abolish age of consent laws, criminalizing adult sexual involvement with minors, and campaigns for the release of men who have been jailed for sexual contacts with minors that did not involve what it considers coercion. So, one more clarification needed. Biblical sexual ethics, we're we're, we're talking about adult, human, male and female sexual interaction. It's such a protective heart of God. I mean, we, we bring these examples in to see how quickly it slips because this is from our reality here. In Egypt, the age is eight when you can get married. What's the, I mean, how consenting can an eight-year-old be in a country where you obey your father unquestioningly? Matthew 18.6 says that whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea than to stand before God answering for what you've done. And that's such an, I mean, it's just such a dear subject to my heart because so many of our women, very high percentage, have been sexually molested as children. And I have seen myself the faces of children very young, five, three, who have been touched and who, before anyone ever taught them anything, they know something happened that shouldn't have happened. I've seen the way they try to process that at that age. And it's not that they know right and wrong externally, it's something inside of them. And they don't have the capacity to sift through the guilt and the shame and and the confusion again when the one who did it to them was someone they trusted. And when it was affection, kind of, it just crossed some lines. And the, the child doesn't know when affection goes from being appropriate to being not appropriate. And, and so it's super confusing for children. It has enormous ramifications of it, but that it just goes back to that Babylon confusion by mixing. Because in the end, most, most kids, what they do is they try to sear their conscience because they can't live with that confusion. And so it's, it's, that's why this teaching is of peace is so important to us. And it, it's not just even in these categories like homosexuality or with children or with animals. In any relationship, when affectional, affectionate expression crosses a line to what it's not intended to be, there is confusion. You know that when somebody you thought was a friend is all of a sudden doing something different and sending you different signals. And it, it, it's all, it's, things are intended to work a certain way. And when they don't, there's confusion. And so that brings us to the marriage covenant. There are some affections and even some touches and some signals that are intended to remain within the covenant that is then intended to protect the trust of it. In Genesis, we, we read it already, but I wanted you to see God's progression in it here, Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife first, 
First you get joined, and then you become one flesh. There is an order to the way things are done. Because sex is not just, I just I'm just showing you that I love you, and it, it, it without consequences. It's, we are made for that unbroken trust. And even if we've never experienced it, our design still is made that way. So I'm going to read a longer excerpt from from um, something called Moral Revolution. And I want you to listen carefully to some of the effects of sex before marriage that are not well known, but that make a lot of sense once you hear it. It's just, it's just revealing God's design in a different way. They say, yes, sex before marriage can lead to unplanned pregnancy. Yes, it can lead to sexually transmitted infections. And yes, it can increase the risk of identity issues, depression, and broken relationships. But there is so much more to talk about than that, particularly some of the invisible effects of sex. First, let's start by understanding this. We cannot stop our bodies from doing what they were created to do. What were they created to do? Bond, to become one. We were created to connect with, one, with another human being in such a way that we would become one unit together for life. Why does this happen? because our hormones cause us to glue, so to speak, with our partner. No amount of consent or informed decision can change that. There is a bonding that occurs that supersedes a mere skin-to-skin -skin contact. Scientifically, we know that sex engages us hormonally, neurologically, physiologically. It informs intense bonds mentally, emotionally, and physically, especially when we do it over and over again. Any kind of sexual activity that takes place releases chemicals in our brains. For women, it's primarily the hormone oxytocin, and for men, it's vasopressin. Oxytocin allows a woman to bond to the most significant people in her life. It eases stress, creating feelings of calm and closeness, which leads to increased trust. That's how God designed us. It also causes her to want to nurture and to protect the one she's bonded to. There's a third set of hormones called endorphins released during sexual activities, and they affect both genders. Endorphins are what we call happy hormones, and they are highly addictive. Highly addictive. There's a whole different study on that the addiction doesn't mean satisfaction. And it causes us to want to experience the rush again and again and again. Thanks for tuning in to Community Nights, a ministry of Main Thing Radio and Calvary, Miami Beach. Pastor Robert and Elizabeth invite you to join them each Friday as they share from the scriptures those things that are important to the church, the church family, and the community outside your four walls. We're so glad you joined us. If you'd like to explore more of these messages or listen to Pastor Robert's verse-by-verse -verse teachings through the Bible, Visit MainThingRadio.com now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You'll find a link on our website. We'd love to hear from you too. Let us know how Main Thing Radio has impacted you or someone you know. And tell us what the Lord's been doing in your life. You can connect through the contact form at MainThingRadio.com, through Facebook or Twitter, or just give us a call at 305-531-2730. Be sure to share any prayer requests too. 
We want to know how we can pray for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. We're coming to the end of our time with you today. Join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth next time for another Friday edition of Main Thing Radio.